Welcome to the Better Business Podcast, a series for those business owner operators who want to create a better business. Here are your hosts, Chris and Mark. Hello listeners, Chris and Mark here from Better Business Podcast. Uh, Our preamble today is going to be fairly short because we have a colleague, friend and fellow coach with us who's been doing it for quite a long time, I think probably about 20 years nearly, and his name's Andrew McKenzie. Because he's been doing it for this long, we want to get his view on business coaching. Uh, A little bit about Andrew, he's uh, set up a coaching business in another country, he's been CEO of a coaching business here. We've worked with him. Um, His skill is probably calling the thing in the room that no one's talking about and making everyone laugh to the point if you're drinking coffee and he's making you laugh, it's coming out your nose. So, Andrew, over to you. First question is... You might want to put your coffee down first. (laughs) Good idea. This far down the track in business coaching, where do you think it is in terms of legitimacy? Do you think it is where it was? Has it progressed? Are people still using their accountant as their first bird of call? Do they think about going to a business coach? What's your view on that? Uh, so I think it's massively uh, increased. So in other words, the market itself has massively increased. So therefore, uh, you can only assume it is past the point of trendy, So another, or a fad, I should say. So a fad tends to be, yeah, it's great for a while and then it fades off. A trend tends to be something that's going to go on for a longer period of time. So we've definitely seen a massive increase in the number of coaches, which is only one side of the equation. But the other side of the equation is that there is a massive amount of contracts being let to coaching companies for staff to do it. Uh, There's two now online products whereby you can book automatically your coaches, uh, which corporates are sort of getting into because they're taking away the whole scheduling component Mm -hmm. which is fantastic Um, and the fact that these things are being developed would only be occurring if you're in a growing market space my view of you and this may be incorrect so please correct me was that your space is mostly owner operator yeah so i guess firstly i'm in a business coaching space as opposed to just a pure Mm one-on-one coaching um, and in the business space, yeah, I, it's a personal thing that I much prefer to uh, be dealing with decision makers. Um, you know, I also have huge admiration for those people who've gone out and started their own business rather than just earned salary for a living. And don't get me wrong, there are some people who have been very successful in this world just earning a salary. But just for me personally, I look, like working with someone who's, you know, in the politest possible terms has got, you know, Spit it out. They're, they're wonderful things on the line. You know? <laughs> this, this isn't the most uh, you know polished podcast in Australia. So if you have anything to say, that you just say it. Fair enough. Yeah, this is actually pitched at owner operators, as we call them. So yeah. it, it, it's really good to get your view in that space. So what have you seen as the biggest shifts? I mean, obviously we've we've touched on the fact it's a not it's gone past a fad. It's not a trend. Um, it's probably gone past, you know, the, the young entrepreneurial person who read, read a book and because um, 
you know, some of the greatest leaders in the world have said you need a coach. They just go and get one without much context or thought around it. Um, we've, we've been through that phase. What do you see as the distinctive phase we're in now? If, if I'm a business owner and I'm faced with, you know, the stuff that we business owners go through, a growing business, a cycle of, of growth and frustration and all the stuff that we know that goes with it, where is coaching most appropriate in your view? other than going to the accountant or going to a peer group or there's so many things that are available to, to business owners these days. Where, where do you see uh, where coaching fits in that whole gamut of, of options? Oh, that's a tough question, mainly because, like, where does it fit in? It's going to fit in with the people who are prepared to be coached, first and foremost. That has increased because there was a time there where Let's face it, if you were prepared to start up your own business, you needed a certain amount of uh, stupidity in you in the first place. You needed a certain amount of blind faith, mm-hmm. a healthy ego, a certain amount of arrogance, all yep. those things. They're all counter to being coached. Yep. I think that has changed a lot where people are far more open to being vulnerable to, do you know what, I don't know it all and I'm willing to learn off whomever and whoever I can. So then in for comes the coach. I think the coach has become far more attractive because they are actually generalists. Mm-hmm. So in a world where everything is about specialisation, so we're moving more into this you know, convergent situation rather than divergent, and I think the coach gives you more of a divergent view, a broader spectrum, have you thought about this? And don't get me wrong, accountants give lovely advice, but it's convergent, it's it's going to be financially driven. Now, don't get me wrong, I know accounts who sit there and go, you're being an idiot. Why are you doing this? Why are you bringing your girlfriend into the business when you've just divorced your wife and that didn't work well? You know, they see it for what it is, Yes. but they do give it a financial bend. A marketing expert gives it a marketing bend, etc. Yeah. So the art of the coach is actually to be divergent and be a wider generalist. Yep. Um, and that makes them difficult to be referred to because they're generalists. Whereas yeah. you think in the medical fraternity, you go to the GP and then you get a referral on. Yep. Here we're actually, if you go to an accountant as a specialist and ask to be referred to a coach, it's very tricky. But it, do, it does work in a similar way with referrals as well, doesn't it? Because like like with a, uh, you know, a specialist in the medical field, if someone fixes your knee, and you've got a friend who's got a knee complaint, you'll say, you've got to go see my guy or my Absolutely. girl. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what, what I've tended to find over the years is that if if you have a particularly successful engagement with a client, whatever the big thing was for that client, that's what they'll refer you on. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So are you finding that when... I know you get a lot of your work by referral. Are you being referred, exactly as Chris just said, for the same thing? Or are they saying you need Andrew as a coach in your business for as a generalist? No. But I think the main reason for that is that my clients are long-term mm-hmm. and if I'm still in there, the amount of time I've been in there fixing the wrong problem, I yeah. probably shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so therefore they have had a broader experience okay, so of different s- things for me to work on, which mm-hmm. I think uh, helps. Um, and I guess uh, when I frame up what it is that I do, it's under a pretty big banner of, I mean, even the name of my business is BQ Choices. It's just to 
to give people the opportunity to know that they've got another choice out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas we often don't when we're in it because we just think, oh, we're in a world of hurt. There is no opportunity here. Um, and so that's broad enough and I, that's what my referrals tend to say. Just get Andrew and he's going to give you a different perspective on what's going on in your business. There's no specialisation sitting in there. Yep. So, and yeah. I like it that way. Yeah. Do you have a follow-up to that, Mark? Because I certainly do. Well, only one, which was you do keep your clients for quite a while, don't you? Yeah. And I'm and taking that because you hit all the things they need hitting, fixing. Look, I sometimes wonder why they stay with me because I certainly give them a hard enough time. But I think, they laugh, also, I think they also give it back to me. <laughs> Uh, I was given a really hard time. I had a function for all my clients the other night and uh, I just thought we were in a big theatre, lots of people. I just thought I'd cordon off the area. So I got a banner which had my... And I, every one of my clients came up. Oh, you've got a banner, my kids. Fit the big, you know, like they just give them yeah, as much yeah. of a bit hard of times, which is oh, nice. You just get a bit of your own back probably. And, and I think uh, the, the, the length of time that they stay with me is that why they're engaging with me is for the different perspective to what's going on. So that issue stays alive mm. at all times in mm. business. It's not. Now, are we dealing with something specific at a time? Sure. But that overall thing um, is, you know, and I am prepared to say what they probably need to hear rather than what they want to hear. Good. Chris, you... Yes, I, I was going to say something which I, I noticed is interesting in, in the language as well around referrals is it's a bit of a two-part question, if you don't mind. <laughs> One is is that the referral space for, for experienced coaches it seems to be a very personal referral. It's you need Andrew in your business, you need Mark in your business, yep, because we tend to refer that personal experience that we've had with someone and so forth. I mean, it'd be very rare to have an exceptional experience, you know, post-operation to get you back on the on the field for your knee and then say, oh, you just need to go to that clinic. Hmm. You actually go, no, you've got to see that doctor or that surgeon. So question number one is, how personal is this experience and how hard is it for a client to refer to a coaching organisation rather than a specific coach. Because we've all had the experience of working in coaching organisations and we've found that leverage question a, a hard one to, to overcome. Um, what, what's, what's your take on that? So the short answer is yes. It's always easier to um, refer an individual mm-hmm. and especially if you feel very comfortable with them because you've got a far greater chance that they will have a same or similar experience to what you had. Yep. If you go to an organisation, you're kind of going, well, if you get Bob, you're okay, but if you <laughs> if you get Mary, well, God help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. and that's no offence to any Marys that are out there at the moment. So if you go to an organisation, I think what would, would make it easier, and this is why it's an issue for the organisation if it's a coaching company Mm -hmm. is to give more than one level of exposure to the client so the client goes actually i've sat in here with four or five coaches and there's enough of a common link that i feel comfortable again so therefore i refer if somebody's only really known 
Mark. Mm. And then they go, oh, yeah, Mark's got another 10 coaches that work in his company. They're like, yeah, but I know Mark. Yeah. Mark. Accountants, lawyers, yeah. they all experience this. So they yeah. all try to find a way, well, how do we broaden that yeah. exposure to the client if they want to do it the smart way. Yeah. yeah. And then also then because it can be a bit of a, a black art as well, the whole coaching methodology or skill, if you like. I mean, not everyone will do it exactly the same way. I mean, if you look in the in the world of sport, um, acting, you know, any, any area that has, a, has coaching involved in it, it'd be very rare for people to do it identically, um, which is, again, that, that piece around trying to build leverage in the coaching company around what if one day they get an experience of, and it might suit some clients, one day they get an experience of me, the next day they get an experience of you and then and then you, Mark. You some, sometimes think, and we've seen this happen in the past, where all of a sudden they're, they're judging that experience based on, well, how, how did I feel on that particular day or did it give me what I needed to give and then making a general judgment of the process of coaching based on indiv- very distinct individual experiences, which I think gets back to that consistency you were speaking about. Uh, tell me, Andrew, I, this is in regard to an experience I had recently where I was working in a client and the person that actually held the client relationship put another coach with that client as well as me and didn't actually tell me about that. Uh, so I ceased the coaching relationship based on this, that I think, as you said previously, the coach holds a relationship and you need to know where everyone sits that when you're working with them. Have you experienced working with other coaches in your clients? Do you tend usually not to? I certainly you... were not in the situation where I'm not aware yeah. that that would all. I'd be questioning that that could almost be counterintuitive because you know who goes to to knee surgeons unless you just get a different opinion. <laughs> to which you should actually highlight that you mm. know you should actually say I'm here for a second opinion. I have, however, worked with more consultants um, and I quite like it and I make sure I get to sit down with the consultants and go, what is it you're trying to achieve in here so that we actually collectively get the outcome for the client rather than us going against each other. And it's not hard to do where, you know, you walk in and go, I think there's this track to take and for all you know, someone's sitting on the other side going, no, what you need to do is this. Do you know what? They're both right or both wrong, whichever way you want to look at it, but all you've done is put the client in a really awkward position. Then it's all down to who they're going to believe more. To me, it's just very inefficient. Mm. Uh, Good to hear, though, about consultants. Obviously, you're comfortable with that. Um, You know, someone who has a... Well, sometimes I'm the one that's brought them in. Yeah, yeah. Because quite often they do need a very sort of, uh, you know, specialty task from them, to which I go, right, so... If we've now got to this stage, let's bring the specialist in to mm-hmm. get that happening for you. So. It's probably something worth thinking about for people, clients who are thinking of employing a coach. So, you know, coach, as you said, does the generalist haul in a specialist as you need it or get the coach to haul in a specialist? Yeah, and I guess for the coach to always remember that uh, you can't be attached to that. So even the meeting I had today... Uh, this company is looking at rebranding. I have a particular person that I like to use for that, Penny, who you're aware yeah. of. Uh, and they've gone, is it, is, it, is it okay if we get another couple of quotes? And I go, I highly recommend you go and get another couple of quotes because 
A, you've got to put your own peace of mind. Two, you might find somebody, because, you know, I hate to say it, but these guys are like young enough to be my kids. So <laughs> they're very young. They might relate to somebody better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and two, yeah, like are you? do you even know what the right price is? Because like, how do you know? If you only ever brand once, how do you know what that should cost you? So, yeah, it's not like something you do frequently. Well, so hopefully not. Yeah, yeah. It's not useful. No. So they don't know your money. It's a complicated process. Yeah. I just want to go back to one of the questions earlier on around um, other useful uh, forums for business advice and whatnot that we have around us these days is um, we've seen the uh, absolute proliferation of peer groups and networking groups as well where where in some of my conversations with business owners where they see that as a substitute for getting specific advice into their business and and whatnot. So things like CEO institutes have been around for ages and 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 um, some of the ones that you've been involved with as well, and we've all probably presented to, to these types of groups. Um, do coaching and those groups go hand in glove, or do you see them as separate things where where there, there is a line between them, as well as some of the other ways that clients can get advice these days? Where, where do you see the, the true role for, for peer groups? Well, what, I'll phrase it differently. Why would someone go to a peer group rather than get someone specifically into their business? Well, the first thing to know about a peer group is that it's about the group. Is, is the group going to work for you? Um, you? You need to keep in mind you are relying on a whole bunch of individuals to, one, be able to help you mm-hmm. have that skill set because uh, they've got their own businesses to run. But they can offer a very different perspective. So they are a very, um, my personal opinion, I love peer-to-peer learning. I think yep. it's very powerful, very effective. Um, and it also gives people a sense of, oh, right, so other people experience this. That alone yeah. is a good thing, yeah? You do yep. not want to go to the doctor and they're looking at your swollen testicle and go, mate, I had never seen one of those before. <laughs> no, that's not what you, you want them to be able to go, I know exactly where the bee stung you, we can get that sorted for you. Yeah. Yep. Same in this. So people take great comfort in that. Yep. But it is highly dependent on the group dynamics. So yes. That's its tricky bit. Yeah. And, Having, and I guess you're you're talking there about group dynamics in say CEO Institute one where you've essentially got people from different types of businesses. Absolutely. What about the ones where you've got people from the same, like industry peer groups where people are all from the same type of business in those peer groups? So provided that there's an agreement amongst them all around confidentiality and Mm non-compete, they are actually very powerful. So I've got a particular Mm -hmm. client they're, they're in IT, mm-hmm. they belong to an, a global IT group, but in Australia they've got about four factions, if you want to call them that. Yep. They catch up monthly and they share every single detail of their business, every number, and you could argue, are they competing or not, but they just sort of go, mate, we operate in our geographical area roughly. Yep. So could we? Yes, but yep. on the whole, and so it requires a huge amount of trust yep. for them to be able to share that. I'm I'm very impressed by it. I've yeah. sort of go, I would have felt like that, but yep. I, and it works for them yep. because they're getting a true 
relative comparison. Yeah. Whereas for a lot of us... Well, they can actually benchmark correct. each we other. We sit there and yeah. compare each other and we go, oh, yeah, I know, but you're a high, highly staffed, yes. driven business, I'm a product, but whatever. These guys are like, we're the same. Yeah. And so when your staff count is this or your margin's that or... Yeah. You spend, you know, your your revenue's 30% hardware, 70% consulting. Mm. What's going on there? Because ours is different. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. It's a great comparison. So that works really, really yeah. well. Yeah. And it can be quite often more confronting than having someone in, specifically in your business working with, yeah. with your own backyard, so to speak, can't it? Absolutely. Because it's, you're, you're, you're there for all to see. Yeah. yeah and then you asked about the coaching and yeah. compared to that, I sort of see the coaching as far more... That's a term that's being used a lot in the peer groups is I need a deep dive. So yeah. in other words, this is great and you guys have given me a whole lot of ideas, mm-hmm. but I'm still left to go back to my business yep. and decide which one of those. Because you do actually get quite a broad array of suggestions and yeah. answers and you're like, yeah. because they're basing it on what they experience in their business, yes. not necessarily what's right for you. Yeah. Um, so that person still has to go back. There's a lot to digest and work out what's relevant and what isn't. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other component which people often don't consider is that when you go into one of those peer-to-peer, and let's say you've got some big issues going on in your business, there's only so much you can demand inside that group that's your time. Yeah. But you're needing it. Yeah. Because that's what's going on. Everyone else is like, back in the old Charlie, you've had your half hour. Yeah. That's hard to manage. So yes. therefore, those people, sh- that's when I think there's a lovely opportunity yeah. to do both. And yeah. I reckon out of my clients, probably 50% are getting that sort of stuff elsewhere as well. I would, so, I would say exactly that for my client base at the minute. So I'm all for it. Yeah. In those peer-to-peer situations, uh, as you said much earlier in this chat, that you often ask the question that your clients are rather hoping you wouldn't ask, but needs to be asked. In the peer-to-peer group, would they do that? Some, yes. Some, they, they, you know, we just think of always creating a safe environment to have the conversation that needs to be had. Some of these peer-to-peer groups have got it down to a fine art and mm-hmm. the, the level of trust yeah, that's it. is enormous, mm-hmm. either through time or they just clicked and went, uh-huh. mate, I'm here, they're all, I need the help. And then others... Yeah, they, they don't have that level and so they play a bit of the pretense game yeah. and occasionally somebody will get frustrated and go, listen, mate, you've been crapping on about this since February. <laughs> We're now in November. Are you going to do something about it or not? Because you've brought it up each time. Uh, so I reckon over time eventually it's going to get there because everyone's yeah. going, enough's yeah. enough. Yeah. Like, and, and it's valuable time they're spending out of their business as well. So they, they want to see things get... Moved through pretty quickly too. And it's frustrating yeah. hearing someone bang on about the same subject Absolutely. time in and time out because yeah. it's wasting time for everyone else. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking about banging on about the same subject, what are some of the – and I know because we don't have you for a long time, Andrew. We're just about um, what, what – If we can change tact slightly, what are some of the, the best sort of coaching tips and methods that you've picked up and learnt along the way? Like is there one bit of – you know, for people out there and – Hopefully someone eventually listens to this podcast um, but that might be an aspiring coach or a business owner that might you know, be looking to turn coaching into an art form in their business for themselves or their leaders. What's something that you think is a really good coaching tip or practice to get into when you want to get into the coaching space? I guess the, the most important thing is 
to have an enormous amount of care factor for the human being that's sitting at the other side of the table. Um, not just their business, but them. Okay. Um, and I'm very acutely aware of it for me because I would describe myself, rightly or wrongly, as quite a brutal coach. So I'm one of these people that um, asks for forgiveness rather than permission. So I go there and then I go, okay, that didn't go down very well. It so. was too hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me. Um, I, I think I'm lucky that I often deliver stuff and I've got enough of a sense of humour that I get away with it or I can soften it if mm -hmm. I believe I've gone too far. But no client has ever had a go at me for saying what I actually seeing happen and just, just telling them what's so. Yep. Um, and I think we often go in and try and protect them because of that empathy. And I think if you're starting out as a coach, you have to understand is the empathy one is very different to sympathy. Um, so as long as your empathy and your intent is clear, let the client know what you're thinking. And even if you frame it up as, look, this is just my view, this is what I'm seeing, I'm going to give you a different perspective for you to consider. Like there's there's ways of softening it up. Yeah. Um, but the client will love you for being the one person. You know, if you've got toilet paper stuck to your shoe, you're going to be embarrassed the moment somebody tells you, but you will be thankful yeah. that they told you before you walked in. I was just going to say... To a social environment. Yeah, well, who's ever had a crack at someone who says, by the way, you've got something in your teeth? Correct. Yeah. I actually go, thank you. Thank, thank God you. for yeah, that, because yeah. if you knew where I was going next, yeah. that would have got worse. Yeah. Well, yeah, the so toilet paper hanging out of your pants is even yeah. worse, but... Maybe that's something you face, Mark. Like no, not say, recently. Maybe, or maybe no one's ever told me. Um, interesting, though, that's not just coaching tips. So that, that's actually a good managerial tip, isn't it? Having that empathy for the person on the other Absolutely. side of the table. So it's Absolutely. not it's not just the art of coaching. It's just the art of, of actually leading in yeah. a way, isn't it? And I'm always reminded, it's it's one of my favourites, sort of not, not really a saying as such, but it's a nice sort of rule to, to live by is that you know, we measure everyone by their behaviours and we measure ourselves by our intent. And so therefore we're very quick to judge when we see somebody doing something and we kind of forget that somebody actually had a good intent behind it. They just might have yeah. blown up the way they did it. Yep. Um, and so coaching is very much about that, whereas I sit there and I guess if I'm sitting there with the intent of caring and helping my client that's enough to come across, so therefore whatever the delivery is, they get it because they get the intent first. Yeah. And it's above all techniques, all else, because whether we like it or not, at the end of the day, so much in business, and in particular when you're in professional services, it just comes down to the relationship. You know, you get the best techniques in the world and read every damn weirdo coaching book, and I say that like, they are weird. Yep. Um, and then you walk in with a client and you're kind of semi-absent or you think you're awesome and you go, well, that didn't go very well. The client yeah. just what happened there? Ticket. Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's the door, buddy. And this is before you've even sold them. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not from a referral, though, is it? Well, yeah. that would be hopefully, yes. Yeah, yeah, they've already know that you're a fairly upfront coach. Yeah, and you are weird. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's and the main I, thing. I, I, yeah. I make no apologies for that. In fact, I yeah. kind of half get off on that. Yeah, <laughs> that, um, that you're talking about. After a while, you do get the client. Yeah, and that leads to much quicker coaching because yeah. you're getting each other and that then leads to the long-term relationships that you've had and Chris and I have both had. Yeah, and as long as you then keep an eye on the counterbalance of that, that therefore you don't use that to stop from having the conversation. Mm. Yeah. It's like, oh, now yeah. we're too matey. Now there's actually more at stake. Yeah. Whereas when you just meet somebody, go, well, well, if this ride should race now, I've only just sort of got to know you. Whereas yeah. once you've had a client and know yeah. what it's like, uh, for years you go, oh, I wouldn't want to lose this client. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I often find that that actually paves the way then for sometimes the even more honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as, as, as silly as that sounds, I mean, you'd hope you're honest all the time, but it, it, it even just paves the way for being a lot more uh, quicker, I think, quicker yeah. in your Well, and calling. I think you are thinking as the coach, yeah. you are now thinking, where's the next place I can go that I might not have gone before? Yeah. So or, deeper. Or where have I seen this behaviour in the past yeah. and where has it actually got this client? And, and instead of me dancing around it, I'm just going to say, hey, yeah, you're remember, call it. remember two years ago when you did this? Yeah. This is the same sort of nonsense you did then. We're not doing it again. Yeah, now let's go and have lunch. That's um, probably up for time with you now, I think, Andrew. Um, no worries. Well, you know, maybe you'll invite me back. Oh, we are going to invite you back. No maybe's yeah. about it because I haven't had coffee running out my nose yet and I'm really angling for that. Yeah, we, we do want to delve into uh, Mark and I have got this dream at some point. We're going to do a podcast about all the best stories that we've seen out in the field, the worst sessions we've run, the uh, the the best you know rejections we've had, all that sort of stuff. And I think you'd be you'd have something to add to that. Oh yeah, I've got a plethora of uh, <laughs> rejection stories. Yeah, they're good. all good. They make you stronger. What about with clients? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I know with the others, we're all good there. Yeah. We're all good there. <laughs> we won't be sharing that on uh, this yeah. sort of podcast. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks for, for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's thank good you, to Andrew. see you, uh, gentlemen, and I do use that term very loosely. Yes. Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll get you back on again because there's more, more to go here. Fantastic. Thank sure. you. Thank you, mate.